When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 106 of the Vitterite Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here this week. So I'll be joined by Sean Dunn. Sean, how are you? Same as every week, I think, at this stage, Ronan, depressed. Donald Kelly, how's things? Fantastic, Ronan. Thanks very much. And what's the crack, David McGee? Not too bad, Ronan. Not too bad at all. Thanks. So this week, we will look back on Friday's 2-0 defeat at home to St. Pat's. We have two cases to Whitehall to give away from that game. We also will discuss the latest news, including the departure of Max Matter from the club. Ahead of his testimony on Saturday night, we chat to Stoiger Rovers captain David Cawley. And we also look ahead to an upcoming league game, Friday's game, away to Dundalk. So lads, we'll start off with Friday night, away to Pat, uh, at home to Pats. We were just saying we have a home game on Friday night. But uh, Sean, I start with yourself. Same old, same old, really. Rinse and repeat, Ronan. That's kind of feels the way it is at the moment. You know, masters of our own downfall. Say, um, look, I, I to be honest with you, I don't know where to start with it all, Ronan. To be honest, um, there's no point in getting annoyed about it anymore. I think that day has passed. I think you're only doing yourself a disservice because you're only annoying yourself. Um, it was frustrating though because I think we started actually we started really well. Genuinely, we were the better team. Um, played some nice football at the start. Had a couple of early opportunities. Caelan Barlow should probably do better with his first with his first opportunity. But again, it just leads to us being cut cut open so easily. And like I don't fault Gary Buckley at all for the penalty. He's rusty. He's only coming back. It's his first start in a year. It's nearly a year to the day. And you know, you can't you can't fault him. He goes to ground, fair enough. He's just caught out by the pace of the pass coming through. So look, it is what it is. Um Forrester slots home. It's the second one, it's the second goal that drives me absolutely insane because this we're just banging our heads against a wall at this stage. Because every every game we can see if we can see two or three goals in a game, whatever it may be, one of them is guaranteed to be an absolute calamity of a goal to give away. And that's not acceptable in professional football. It's barely acceptable in Sunday League. What I witnessed the other night, that defending between Johan and Browning was probably some of the worst I've seen in years. Like, why why Johan let the ball come over his shoulder like that to try and swing away a volley is beyond me. All he has to do is head the ball. Browning's coming across him to head the ball. Talk to him. Let him know you're coming. Communicate. It's simple. It's It's... It's underage stuff. It really, really is underage stuff. But again, we let it happen and we just give Pats a goal and like we've killed the game off for ourselves before it's even got started, really. And you know, and the, the sad thing is, even at 2-0 down, we were, in my opinion, and that's not how it played out in the end. I thought Pats were the more prominent side then throughout the rest of the game, but I'd say our heads were gone at that stage. And but all in all, Ronan, I, I can't really take many positives from it. Lovely to see Gary back. I thought he had some great moments throughout the game. Obviously, some hairy ones and he got tired. That's all right. That's natural. And Pedro, for me, looks a bit of a player. Looked decent. But again, he needs to do better with his opportunities. Put it down to rustiness, maybe. But, you know, you, you need to be clinical in this day and age. But look, I, I don't know where we go from here, Ronan. That's, that's my biggest fear because it's the same thing week in, week out in terms of mistakes. And give Stonal is the way Sean put it. Um, you know, it's we could say that you're all evening talking about it, but it's just oh, yeah. you know, well, well, give Stonal, but like I, I suppose, first goal, Grant is right. Um, Gary Davies in your man, in fairness, he, he is uh, Doyle, he goes to kind of flip the ball left, 
he was going nowhere. Uh, Gary was anticipating across the bottom of the box. Penalty kick, fair enough. Second goal, um, like, first of all, Stefan was fouled in the lead up to their goal. He got a hand in the face right in front of Rob Harvey, never gave a free kick for it. Um, so the ball is uh, the ball is is passed from near defence. Your man, the Mulroney, um, he runs. I suppose he runs in front of Nile Moran. I don't know like what Nile is supposed to. Do. If Nile is running at full speed, like I, I really don't know what he's supposed to. Do. It's a soft free kick, and uh, which you know I don't think it was a free kick myself personally. And then you look back at the same referee that 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 shaft us in Talca Park there. Um, uh, earlier in the season that didn't give a free kick for something for, for an offence an awful lot worse than that give a free kick for, for, for that now as Sean says we had to defend it better there's no two ways about it but um, I mean it's these small things that are kind of constantly going against us I saw two the, there were two teams there was one team that were personal confidence another team that was really struggling was struggling with their own you know that kind of way and um, I just felt like <clears throat> after the first goal it's always going to be Big, big ask for us to come back from it. Now, having said that, I saw a team that did fight. Uh, we, we Even throughout the whole 90 minutes, we did play some good football. But the problem was, for us, that once they got that first goal, they could just sit in and kind of hit us in the break because they have a lot of pace in that side, in fairness, and they, 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 they broke out very fast. Every, every opportunity they got. And they did create problems for us. And in fairness, they should have realistically they should have scored another two or three goals realistically they had some like open goals that, that they missed and none of the nights you know they, they could have uh, they could have come back to haunt them um, what Sean is saying there in terms of you know where do we go from here like that's Gary Buckley that's 90 minutes under Gary's belt uh, that he came through hopefully on skid which is uh, which is a big positive Carlos Sullivan came back massive bonus a uh, massive bonus uh, for for Carl to come back, and he made a big impact uh, when he came on the pitch as well. On I felt on on Friday night, and also for Bruce Hartman had a massive game as well, a massive impact on the game when he came on as well. There's an awful lot of positives. I I said in the group chat, I think it's the first time since Paddy's day that we've had five senior players on the bench. Um, so we have bodies coming back, and I know obviously results aren't good enough. They're they're, they're clearly not. I know that. I'm sure John Russell knows that. I'm sure the players know that. But there are bodies coming back. You know, there, there's... We just we just need to catch a break somewhere, in my opinion. That's it's, that's all we need, to catch a break. And not just in one game, but in two games of the trot. If we won two games of the trot, we'd be fine. But it's just... It's just everything that can go wrong this season has gone wrong for us. And it's, it's just... Like... like I suppose Friday was just more the same, unfortunately. Anyway. And David, don't want to mention the returning players there. You know, it's for all that's kind of gone wrong, it, it's good to see that the players are returning and you know, the likes of as we'll have more options available for their for the running for the remainder of the season. The likes of Cardo Sullivan and Fabrice coming back as well. Yeah, your senior your senior players are always key to to come in and, and like that show the experience that they have. They may have been through these situations before. Brees obviously coming in from, from abroad may have been in, in similar situations where things aren't going well. And obviously we know the talent that he has in his boots. He came on and, and looked very, very, very bright. You know, he, he was dancing around people. He was leaving him for dust. He might have only had that half an hour, maybe 40 minutes in him, which is fair enough. He might have eased him back after the amount of time he's missed. But, he nearly pearled one in the top corner from about 45 yards. The whole, the whole stand was up, you know, with their hands on their head. At First of all, the audacity to try a, a strike, the technique to hit it and get the power behind it as well. And to be fair to the keeper, he made a great save as well. You know, it entirely deserved the applause. Great to see Carl back. Yeah, he's had a rough year as well. But the likes of the senior players coming back is massive in terms of just knowing that you've got a bit of backup as well. That if you have... A lot of players, to be fair, we've had had playing this year have been out of form. So if you can replace them with, or if you have the op- opportunity now to replace them or rotate or whatever it might be and rest people with senior pros rather than some unproven young lad who it might be a little bit unfair to just throw in when the likes of the way this season has gone, as as Donald said, everything that can go against us has gone against us. You know, it's, it's just been that bad, but getting the back is great, especially Gary Buckley. Like that, he's had a, a couple of half... Half a game now. He's got a 
Now he's got uh, 90 minutes under his belt. He finished the game the other night, as far as I can remember, um, and done okay. So, you know, Gary's a leader as well, and hopefully he'll be a, bring a bit of calm to that back line and improve the communication, improve us getting out as well. I think he'll um, he'll be a key player in, in terms of getting us from back to front a lot quicker because, as Donald said as well, like we did play some nice football the other night, but at times it still was far too slow. You know, for a team that he may be able to come into and shore up a bit, hopefully, and get the ball moving back to front quicker because at the moment we're too nice to play against. We know that, but the communications poor at the back, which is leading to poor errors, which is conceding goals all over the place. And if you're a team that's conceding goals, you have to be able to score them up the other end and it's not been happening as frequently as we would have liked. So to be able to bring that back in, get his range of pass and his leadership, his calmness on the ball, his, his, his eagerness to play out of tricky situations will hopefully all be positives moving forward. Um, so yeah, it's as, as the lads have said, I don't want to go on and repeat myself, but it has been rinse and repeat. The one thing that's been clearly obvious for me over the last while looking at it is, I suppose, look at John's philosophy and trying to trying to play the possession-based style of football. But apart from Fabrice coming in and going at people, we're trying to break the lines and get in behind. And maybe that's because we don't have a genuine lack of, of pace in the side. And that frightens the life out of the defenders. So maybe that's not why we are playing cute little balls in behind. So that's, that's just one thing I wanted to add it. Um, I think that is needed for, for next season. But... Yeah, it's tough going at the minute, but again, you got to keep the faith and and the hope that we will be able to to turn it around and start putting some more points on the board. I don't know if I think, Yeah, I, I agree, David. There, like I think Will Fitzgerald would, would have been a big loss there as well. Like like Will is a guy that can kind of play in the shoulder of the defender and make those runs in behind the defence, kind of. Um, he's a bit pacier, but he, he's very direct as well, Donald. You know, in that yeah. sense, like going at people with the ball or giving you something to think about on your shoulder and keeping you on the turn as well as a defender. Being able to, to have a little bit of variation in that play, I think every team needs it, but I think we definitely need it at the moment. Yeah. I think another situation, though, lads, is we're very slow on our transition from, obviously, from back to front and through the midfield, especially. You know, we're playing the balls into the middle of the park and we're not turning on, we're not playing on the half turn and banging balls into the front line. We're playing with our backs to the opposition goal and playing back to centre yeah. of the game. We're going wide. It's we're playing that same triangle over and over and over. Whereas we're not we're not playing on the half turn like we were in games before. Like especially like Greg was and like obviously Nile wasn't in the middle of the park the other night. Like and I I felt that was a huge loss for us. Absolutely. Yeah. A really, really big Busyness, loss. Yeah. Because I don't I like look, I, I'm not trying to knock players, but I just don't think uh, Lucas has got to the pace of the league, to be honest with you. I think he's just too cautious in what he does and he can't, he's not playing on that half turn I think and then in turn it's led to confidence issues within the midfield and that's why I don't think Greg is playing on the half turn I think he is playing with a little bit more of his back to goal at times and it's just slowing us down it's making us easier to play against because the easiest thing in the world is to close in a side that's just going to play around their back four you don't have to worry about them because they're not they're not going to penetrate you and that's that's our biggest issue whereas we've seen in games earlier in the season away in Derry away in Shams away that first half in shells you know we played some beautiful football but it was really quick fast paced two touch football constantly playing out we didn't we didn't hang around and I think we even said it on the podcast a few times where we were alluding back to the time under Liam Buckley where we were saying we played too many passes in around the back we weren't doing that earlier this season we were playing two passes maximum and then we were banging it forward again we were gone but it's something that's crept out of our game now, and it could be a confidence issue. It could be a player player issue not having the players there. Look, Fabrice hasn't been there. Will is obviously out now as well. You know the number ten has been switched around. I felt Barlow was even that quick cameo with Hartman and Barlow. I saw Spark and Barlow straight away. There was a quickness between them. Mm. So maybe it's just going to be accumulation of all that coming together. Go on, I think, yeah, I think Sean like. Well, certainly, on on I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there, but it's certainly, it, again, I, I know I always say it, I'm like a broken record, but the first goal is massive in these games. And the fact that once we concede that first goal, they can sit in. And then, like, you can look, you can look, you can look, uh, Greg can look, uh, Lucas can look, but there's no space or there's no players, there's no space for, for players to run into because they're sitting in so deep. They can, they can afford to, they're a goal up. They don't have to. And if if funny those games those games that you were mentioning there right they're all they're all away games you know they're 
I suppose that's when we're playing teams that kind of have to come out and 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 play against us, right? Whereas, but even Donald, but Donald, even like even Pats at home, we were down to ten men. We played the best football on the on the night that night. Yeah. You know, we stroked the ball. Like genuinely, I think it's not even a a case of teams just sitting back against us. Even if they are, we still have to move the ball quicker and pull them out of position. Yeah. We're doing that. We're too slow on the ball lately, so we are. We're too cautious. Like there was there was times there the other night, like I was tearing my hair out. Luke Luke had the ball, and he was hanging on to it for five or six seconds. We we were two 0 down. Play the ball out, yeah. get rid of it, and then and then he was waiting, 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 and he was playing. He was rolling the ball to a centre half feet when there was a player up his hole. Mm. It was kamikaze stuff. Mm. And it was just, it was total lack of confidence in, in what they were set out to do. A total lack of confidence in their own ability. And this is just my opinion. It's only watching on. And it just felt like the whole thing was just chaotic, to be honest with you. And then we were giving away stupid five-yard balls at the back. I watched Nando give away a silly pass that he'd never give away. Better it out for a throw-in when Johan was standing nearly right beside him. It was crazy. Even Gary gave one... He gave him a heap. I actually played a pass man through at one point. So, yeah, did, yeah. We'll, put that down to, we'll put that down to tiredness, you know. But, like, there's a few situations like that. And just actually, just when I mentioned him missing in the middle of the park, a massive pat in the back to Niall Moran at left back because that wasn't an easy job against Jake Moraney the other night. Like, that boy's on the top of his game at the moment. And I thought Niall done excellent at left back. He didn't put a foot wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. That's just an off, off, offshoot of what we're talking about here. But like, I think, I don't know how we get this confidence back, but it's something we need to get back because when we do, we're a devastating team at times. Like we've proven that on so many occasions this season that we are a good football inside. It's what's what's ultimately kill us this year is mistakes, but I think we have the ability to play properly and play in the right way. We just need to find that confidence again. The, um... The, just on, on nine morning, and I watched the match back. I actually watched the match back on uh, had recorded it on RT, and I, I it was like watching Pat's TV. It wasn't like watching uh, watching RT. You had Johnny McDonald, excellent Pat's. You had uh, Conan Byrne, excellent Pat's. You had Stewie Byrne, whatever the fuck he calls him, music man Stewie, ex ex Pat's. Uh, do you know what I mean? You had uh, your man on commentary then. Um, the another Shams, John Kenny Shams, Shams man, you know what I mean? Um, and the call, it just, there was no, I suppose, uh, uh, kudos given Nine Morton. Nine Morton is a right footed center, uh, center midfielder that played left back against probably one of the best wingers in the in the league at the moment. And he had like, they were kind of saying, oh, Morton hasn't got, uh, he hasn't got past half line. So what the fuck do they want him to do? You know that kind of way? He was brilliant. Nine more than well, that's, yeah. That, if that, did they actually say that? Because I have more. Yeah, yeah, I've done more than one occasion. Yeah, they're me, they're meant to be football men. That yeah. must be that, that. could be up there with one of the most the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. So, why would a right-footed centre midfielder playing left back overlap a left midfielder? Yeah, that's absolutely mind-boggling. His job but is just to defend and fill a gap. Yeah, 100%. exactly. Like that's his job. Like my God Almighty. Idiots. Yeah, but sure it wouldn't be like RTE to give out some fucking Dublin bias regardless of who it is, like you know what I mean? So I, even if that's not that's just stupidity at the highest order. Like that's they're meant to be their fellas are meant to understand football that have played football at the highest level in this country. Like, come on. Don't allow me yet to watch it back, so I'll uh, I'll actually stick it on mute. So thanks for the heads yeah, up on that one. David, I, I highly re- recommend you sit uh, playing on mute because it's uh, hard all as it is to watch it, it's certainly enough lot harder listening to it. Uh the, <laughs> ways about it. Um, yeah, look at again as I say. Hopefully, when we, the body's back, like I know for is going to make a big difference, and Carol Sullivan is going to make a big difference in the on the run into the season. So hopefully, um, I just think something as well that we did probably well for the first seventy minutes in in uh, Weaver Park that we didn't do is we just get runners beyond that. You know, like like fellas trying to get down the wing, like Frank. Frank is brilliant, and he he you know he's he's his close control of being good, you know the kind of way. But like there's times he could just release the ball a bit sooner, and he just takes an extra touch and he cuts inside, and then you know it's just as you said, Sean, just a bit more direct in our play, and you know just like it's, instead of trying to overthink it or overplay it, just be direct, like and fucking have a shot outside the box sometimes, and you know or or just drill a ball across the six yard box and see what happens, make them defend it, you know the kind of way, stop. You know, just as taking that extra torch, just I suppose 
just be a bit more direct. I think that w- would make a difference as well, yeah. It seems to be the case, Sean, as you said, with them playing playing safe and, and playing the easy option to go back or sideways and, and not take a risk and, and you know, play, playing a penetrating ball through or whatever. And it's and it's exactly what you're saying there, Donald, even in terms of going down the wing. It's take the extra touch, you know, try and try and make them commit and then put a ball in the box. So just whip the ball in the box, clip a defender, can fall to the edge of the box and, you know, you get your breaks that way. But 100% as well, Sean, in terms of, as we were saying, trying to get forward and, and get in behind. Our transition has been completely different to the start of the season when we were catching teams out and being so devastating. But it just makes the other team's transition back to defence so much easier. Because all of a sudden, they're all banking in and in their banks of four or whatever. And then their, their attacking players can go and defend from the front and just work across. And it's we're, we're too nice, we know that. But but that's, again, that's criminal. Like You have to be good in transition on either side of the ball. And we're just not doing it. We're just not doing it. And they seem to be... Again, it's probably that confidence issue, but it seems to be because of all the things we've just spoken about that they're playing, I wouldn't say restricted, but playing with a little bit of fear in them. Afraid, because every mistake that we seem to make leads to a fucking goal these days. But they seem to be playing with a hell of a lot of fear and afraid to take them risks. So hopefully, again, like you said, the man that kind of could tie it all together, hopefully coming back in is Fabrice with his it's more instinctive running and, and, you know, instinctive stuff when he's dribbling and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm reluctantly pinning my hopes on the, on the turnaround, but look, he's that good a player. He should be able to, should be able to do, but look, we'll see what happens from there. And Sean, you mentioned Pedro at the start. Did he impress you? What, what impressed you about him? Was he, was it all the play or? I, I felt he done well, Ronan. Um, I felt he linked the play quite well. A few touches, Obviously, uh, out of sorts and that at times, but uh, more often than not, like he was, his close control on the ball was excellent, and his ability to turn a player. And then I felt like I don't know how well, I don't know what was different though. That like Max was only there last week, and we weren't getting players close to him. But the players felt like they were closer to Pedro. Now the only thing I would worry about is he drops very, very deep. Um, there was a f- good few occasions where he's back on this on the center circle, and you're no, you don't need to be there because your ability to turn and get back into the box is going to be massively limited in that case. So he's got to be okay with the number 10 dropping and doing that job and just him staying on the shoulder of the centre half. Obviously, because his ability then to get into space is very good. He's always available for a pass. He's got great instincts. And even in and around the box, you can see his movement is very, very good. So if it comes together for him, I do genuinely, I do think there's a good player in there. Now, finishing wise, that second opportunity he has the one the header I'm not I'm not fussed about. There was no power on the cross. There was no pace on the cross. So all he was trying to do was just guide it into the corner. It just didn't come off. That's all right. I don't I don't worry about them kind of ones. Um, but the second one, he had time to take a touch and smash that home, and he's just swinging about at it really and truly, and it ends up in I think it landed in the Southern Hotel at some point, but. Uh, you know, it's it's not good enough for a striker of that quality. You need you need more, and we do need to be clinical because even as Dolan saying, like the first goal is is massive in that situation. I think we were still only one down at that point. Yeah, I you know, so to get one back at that point, it's it, it is a diff- I know it's a stupid thing to say, but it is a different game. But uh, you know, it's a massive confidence boost for him. But he's got to be more clinical there. But genuinely, obviously, that's his first start as well. His work rate was excellent. Didn't stop running for the whole time he was on the pitch. So I was impressed with him, and I think with Fabrice coming in as well, they they could cause a few problems. But it'll just be interesting to see his development and how he gets on now again up in Dundalk. I think what could be key for him as well now is the fact that the Max is gone. You know, it's his to his to hold on to now. He's the, he's all of a sudden been been shot in as the the out and out centre forward, the lead man, the, the the talisman up front to go and go and get the goals. So yeah, let's let's see how that progresses, and and hopefully it all goes well for him. It's, his head goes up and, and the confidence skyrockets and he, he hopefully he bags he bags one early because that can make all the difference for him as well you know yourself I think uh, it's who we have playing off as well is going to be massively important too and uh, you know like do, do you play Stefan off him do you uh, continue with Barlow like what's I don't know what's what's do you put Hartman through the middle do you play Hartman through the middle like what's like I don't know what's your thoughts there or? personally I'd be looking to drop Barlow back into the centre of the park if I'm being honest, um, that's where I'd be looking to drop him, and maybe, maybe Stefan goes in at the ten, or you know, 
try for Brees. Brees went in there for the last few minutes of the game the other night. Mm. He went in at the 10, O'Sullivan went out wide right. So maybe that's something John is looking at himself. And I'd be looking at bringing Barlow in into the centre of for that transitional uh, play alone, as I, what I'm saying, for a lad who plays on the half turn, because that's that's all Caelan knows. He doesn't play with his back to goal. He plays on he plays on the half turn all the time. Um, so And he's quick on the ball at times, you know, and he's, he's not afraid to play. He's not afraid to try a killer ball. You know, he's not afraid of a pass. So I think I'd like to see him back there. It may not happen. It's just me throwing, throwing shit at the wall, hoping something sticks at some point. But uh, I'd like to see something like that because, yeah, Don, we do need to see who plays off. I mean, that's going to ultimately determine how he does, really, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, because even with Stefan, lads, like, he's, a bit, he's frustrating, to be honest with you, because there's moments in games where you're thinking, Jesus, this fella's brilliant. And then there's moments you're thinking, fuck yeah, and Ellie wouldn't get a game from Marvel. So, you know, it needs to find a happy medium somewhere with him, like, because he does show brilliant flashes throughout the game. But if he does play and who goes out wide left, that's. Yes, this is, this, this is, this is the, this is the problem. But that whole left side for us now is an issue, like, obviously, with the, with uh, Danny Lafferty out for another three games and uh, Reese Hutchinson, I know, I think he's, hopefully he'll be back before too long, but it's certainly he's not going to be back, I don't think, for uh, uh, for Friday night anyway. So, like, that whole left side is an issue. I don't know what kind of options we have there, or even any young lads coming through the academy that can kind of, I suppose, slot. You know, Donald, don't, is it risky to even do that? You know, you throw a young lad in like that. Yes, you could have the makings of someone in there, but in the situation we're in, like, well, so no, in fairness, like you have to give fellas a chance as well. Do you know, like yeah. I, I just think, like, like we're sacrificing. I know nine more, and you, you know what you're going to get from nine more. Like it's either score there, like, like what we're losing in midfield, right? Is it is it worth the risk of 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 uh, of what we're gaining and left back? Do you know the kind of way? Because I just felt we were so easy to play through at times on 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 Friday night. It was just like every time. They broke down a passionate play that we had in their half. They were there was like a hot knife through butter. They just they just sliced us. The card was open on at times and literally. In fairness, they could have been they should, have been, they should have scored at least another two goals, you know. And I just thought in midfield that we were too easy to play through midfield. And you know, like and that's I suppose the other side. I know Knight had a great game at left back, but like we missed him badly in midfield, in my opinion, you know. So well, yeah, he's still not a left back. He missed that busyness. Yeah. But is it a case then that maybe we switch to a back three again? With, well, with Gary being back now with 90 minutes under his belt, like and hopefully John will be fit for Friday night. You know, you bring John yeah. in with, with Gary and Ronaldo. But can you risk can you risk Gary can you risk Gary Sean in that pitch up in an Orient Park? And do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, to, to be honest, well you you look you look at it two ways, I suppose. Um if John's not fit, do you not play him? If John's still yeah. out sick. You know what I mean? He might have to play anyway because mm. I don't think Finnerty's going to have 90 minutes in his belt either. And the risk Finnerty's ankle on that pitch as well. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I'm not trying to downgrade your point or anything like that, Donald. It's just it's a shit situation we're kind of in where we're nearly stuck having to play the play the lads. Shouldn't even be a case that we have to play on this fucking carpet anyway. But anyway, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, your, your hand like, is forced back, by it, isn't it? But like, do you go back to that back three? Do you maybe play Frank as the left wing back? Because at least you're guaranteed the work rate out of Frank. Like, there's no two ways yeah. he won't work. Like, he will work for you. There's no two ways about that. And then maybe play Fabrice off Pedro, and obviously Johan will be your right wing back, something like that, and then yeah, fit in the right. rest around that. Then yeah, it's just it's options, isn't it? But it's tricky where yeah. we are at the moment. Yeah, if Pedro can come deep, Fabrice can get on on beyond them, then yeah, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. Just one one other thing I noticed about the game, or just watching it back on the television, is is the pass keeper, right? Like you can hear him fucking shouting the whole way through the game, you can hear him barking, 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 roaring, 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 right? And that's something I'd love to see from Luke. And it's something that I think he really needs to bring to his game is is that kind of of uh vocality because like, you know, at the end of the day, right, the keeper, it's always, whatever we're back for, the keeper's the fellow that has to pick the ball out of the net. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it's, it's all really, it, it's ultimately, it's down to him. So, like, he needs to be dogging those, those, the, the it's Stefan and Johan, or Lucas there for that, for that second goal. Like, 
be happy get the fucking ball out of the box there's two of them there they're nearly they're nearly I actually from where I saw it, I saw a high boot and he assumed that it was a, a pass player that nearly kicked one of our fellas in the head but it was themselves they nearly kicked one nearly kicked another fella in the head like honest to god like you know like fucking hell tear the fucking ball like that's it get it out no but I, I agree with you in that regard though Donald there has to be a far more communication back there and Luke is too quiet in my opinion the only time you see Luke yeah. or hear Luke being vocal is when we concede a chance or concede a goal. He's giving it the arms are out and he's he's kind of roaring each other. That's too late to do that crack. That's falling on deaf ears. There's nobody listening to that then. Damage is done. You need you need to be more vocal in the situation, building up to that, telling players where they need to be, calling their shoulders, where where players are coming in behind them. You know what I mean? Coming out, claiming stuff, being aggressive in the box. That side of his game hasn't come in yet. And it it needs to like you know what I mean? I know for a keeper, he's very young. What is he, 23? But like yeah. he needs to start getting that aggression into his game because at the end of the day, that's what got Ed McGinty his move across the water. It wasn't being good with his feet. It was a shot stopping and his aggression in the box coming out claiming balls left, right and centre. So, you know, as good as Luke is and everything with his feet, he needs to get, and he is a good shot stopper as well. I'll give him that. He just needs to get that other side of his game. And it's it's purely aggression and just being confident as well. So, look, hopefully he can bring that because that brings a different confidence to a back four as well. Knowing that's behind you, knowing that that extra element of defensive cover is there, it's massive for a player. So it is. And it breeds confidence in, in defenders. And, look, I, I hope personally he can do it because obviously he's another lad that's come up through the system. So, obviously, you want to see players like that do well all the time. But, look, I suppose you move he's on. He's a goalkeeper to too. Like, he, he's part of your leadership group, really, if you're spying to your team. He has to be. He sees everything. He's the one that can see absolutely everything. So he has to be, as you said, with was it Linus that was in goals for Pats? Yeah. Barking. Just consistently. You want to be leaving the pitch going, fucking hell, McNicholas has never shut up the whole night. That's yeah. a good headache to go home with yeah. because he's doing his job. He's making sure everyone's covered. He's passing on information. You can pass it up the pitch or whatever. Has to be done. He's part of your, one of your team. He's your last line of defence. You know, and it has to, as you said, Sean, it has to be better. If he wants to take the next step, and like that, that next step can bring confidence throughout the whole team, starting from him going into your back four and moving through there. And yeah, it has to has to get better. All right, lads, touch on a bit of news. Um, only bit of news we could touch on this week is the departure of Max Mata. Yeah, Ronan, big loss for Rovers. Uh, Max, top scorer in the league. Unfortunately, just another thing that John Russell has to contend with. Uh, losing another top scorer in the league. Um, but in fairness, Max was being a great servant to the club for his, his short stint here. He's given us everything and uh, he's always uh, put his best foot forward. So best luck to him and I hope he's a great career um, across the pond. I think we have to all accept as well, this is the this is the formula the club is working with. We're bringing players in, young lads in, helping develop them and sell them on and move them across, across the water all going well. It's frustrating as hell because... You know, seeing a successful player leave the club is never what you want, really, because obviously doing the business for you. But it's all about replacing them. Um, we've got to get this model right, and that's kind of where we're at with it at the moment. It's not the right time to let Max go, but unfortunately, when there's release clauses and contracts, it's completely out of the club's hands. Once those release clauses are are met, there's nothing more. There's nothing more we can do. Um, and look, let's be honest, like Max isn't going to turn around and, and reject the move to England, like. We have to accept that's the reason they're here. We are a stepping stone club. And as we said from the start, if they get a move, that means they've been successful here and in turn, they've played well for us. So we just have to accept that and hope that we can get the next man in or in the door and he can be as, just as successful. Pedro's his name. That's the one. Pedro's the name. Yeah, Max has been great. Uh, I think his development uh, in the past six months since he became that the, the number one option has been excellent. Everything we've we've wanted from him, returning goals, hold up play, bringing others into play, has been brilliant. And he's what twenty two. You know he's earned his move. And as Sean said, if release clauses are met and all the business terms are right, then that's just the nature to be. So look, best of luck, Max. Hope everything goes well for you. But no doubt you'll have a good long career ahead of you. Son. Beer score cast time now. David McGee has informed me that we have two cases of the White Hag to give away from the game. At home to St. Pat's, the 2-0 defeat. We have Ushin Morn and we have Kelvin McHugh. 
So well done lads, Case White Hag is going your way. Hopefully that will make up for the defeat last Friday night. We also have two more cases to give away for the game against Dundalk this coming Friday night at Oriel Park. Don't forget, we'll have those up on social media beforehand, so get your predictions in to get your chance to win a case of the White Hag. Today, say now, we're joined by Stoigrower's captain David Colley ahead of his testimonial on Saturday evening, I suppose. First of all, David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, lads. Thanks for having me on again. So, David, we can touch on is, well, probably third thing I'll touch on is the, the testimonial itself. You know, it's, you know, 10 years at any club is, is a great achievement. Over 300 appearances for the club is another achievement in itself. But uh, your own personal feeling is, is it surprise more than anything else that it's it's kind of came to this that you know you've been awarded the testimonial? Yeah, I suppose it is. Um, you know, it's, like you say, it's it's not often it happens, especially within our league. And you know, I I think I've only played in one or two myself, so it's not often it happens. So you know, when it did, when we did speak to it within the club about it, sorry, and they granted it. You know, I was you know I was delighted, and it, it was strange because you know you're you're still playing and and you're focusing on the new season. Um, but look, it's it's all good, you know. I'm grateful that the the club granted it in the first place, and obviously, look, it's it's a real honour to be, you know, playing as many games as I have for the club and being here for as long as I have done. So yeah, it's all good, lads. Take it back right to the start of your yeah. career. Really, one thing I've been interested in is, uh, you know, you left Ballina Town to head to Ipswich as a young lad, mm-hmm. like from Mayo, heading over there at that time. I think they were just getting. They were in a really sticky period, weren't they? They've just been relegated a couple of seasons and desperate to get back up. What was it like joining into that squad then? Um, yeah, well, look, uh, as in Ipswich Town, is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it was strange because um, at the time, look, it, it was more of a bubble. And you were, well, we came off the back of a Kennedy Cup and I had been offered a couple of trials. So I'd been over and back, say, five or six times throughout maybe a year and a half until I finished the junior sort of stuff like that. So I was kind of familiar with going over to the place after the first few times because you were spending a week or two at a time. So you were getting the feel of it. But again, looking back, you're so young. Like I was only 15. And, you know, you, you think, not that you think you've made it. I don't think it's like that. But, you know, they offer you a contract and it's it's a three-year or two-year academy and a year pro. So you're, you're guaranteed four years. But again, it's such a learning curve. Your academy, you're only 15 and you're going to this new environment where they're full-time day-to-day training all ages like I was I was 15 as I say the next lads then were under 18 so they were 17 18 and then it was reserves first team you were all cheering the one building and you were just mixing it with these lads who were like you say not too long ago playing the Premier League they're playing championship now and you know it's just it's so surreal and you were just it's such a learning curve to sit back and you know take in everything you could Um, although I, I probably did suffer a bit um, missing out on what was going on at home, you know, say you were so young and stuff like that. But no, look, it was it was enjoyable, and I think it really did stand to me as the years went on. Like even you were involved there with a good few Irish lads as well, like Owen Garvin and that, especially was over there. Like how how were they with you? Was Ronan over there as well at the same time as you? Or is he after you? No, myself, myself and Ronan played together on that Kennedy Cup team for Mayo. So two of us got to got offered trials, and we kind of went together with the trials. Um, Sometimes we went on our own, but then eventually when an actual contract was offered, um, I, I agreed to it and I think he wasn't long after me and we both went over on, at the same time, yeah. And David, how was it like, you know, the, when it comes to an end where obviously, unfortunately, you get released, like, how was that for a young lad? Especially when, you know, in a small town like Ballina, you're probably hyped up as, you know, nearly a superstar that's been over in England mm. and there's not many go over. So does it feel... I hate to say, like, does it feel like failure when you come back at that age? Yeah, yeah, no, it, you're right, it does, yeah, because, like you say, you know, you're a young player and everybody's kind of hyping you or whatever, like, not that I ever bought into that or anything like that, I was, yeah. I was well-grounded lad going over, you know, uh, my parents wouldn't have me any other way, like, honestly, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it is, because, like, I knew I was getting released well before because I was out, I, with my last two seasons, I'd missed six months of each season with a knee injury, and manager changing and you weren't getting chances where lads were getting chances. Lads were training more regular with the first team and, you know, maybe on the bench every now and again, whereas I wasn't really getting any of that. So, you know, look, the writing was on the wall. I wasn't I wasn't silly at the time. Um, 
but I think it was around April or May of that season and I, I managed I was training with the first team actually and I managed to do my medial ligament again so I was like lovely it was the same one as the previous year so I knew what I was going into for five or six months uh, injury there and eventually Keno got sacked and then Paul Jewell came in and sorry he was under one of Paul Jewell's sessions he was only in a couple of weeks so he actually didn't get to see me and I was, and then I got that injury and he called me in I was like ah, it's, you know it's game over here anyway I had it in my head but look some lads some of the English lads got released at the same time as me and you know they took it you know I remember seeing lads in car parks and they were out crying on the phone to their parents and all that crack never went down that way me as I said I, you know I could see the writing on the wall so I was prepared the only, the only thing I was worried about was would I get another chance because I'm going back ultimately I'm, I'm going back home with an injury that is going to keep me out till September October you know what I mean and I knew the League of Ireland who's going to want you around that time you couldn't you know you couldn't predict you'd, you'd get a club around so that's all my worry was in, in the end of it all but looking back some experiences, you know, the managers I've had, Jim and Jilton and Roy Keane, absolute lunatics, unbelievable stuff. Like when you look back at how they dictated, not dictated, sorry, but how they ran clubs and dressing rooms and stuff, bottles thrown everywhere. <laughs> unbelievable, like, you know, proper football. But that's 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 the environment I was growing up into. Like um, probably a little bit different now, to be honest. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's stancy in the end. And in regards to Keane then, David, like, you know, you hear the spat between himself and Jonathan Walters and Jonathan Walters on about a time where he had to video himself getting sick into the toilet to prove that he was, he wasn't, that's why he wasn't in training that morning. Yeah. Wasn't that bad? Was he that regimental? And... Um, I look, there was, from that time what I remember, um, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Funny lads, Jesus. Um, <laughs> we had a small reserve squad there, like very small. We, we were the young lads, the young pros who weren't in the first team basically so there might be 10 there might be five sometimes you know um but uh, yeah it, it was a cup game that john was not meant to be in see i was actually meant to be in this second cup game and i wasn't because they tried to keep walters within the squad and anyway the game came i wasn't in the squad i was training a couple of us <laughs> and uh john wasn't in the squad either i don't know what happened there look he, he rang in sick and he was telling us that he had to prove it or whatever blah 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 it doesn't really matter but the next Monday morning came around and uh, <laughs> we were training I think about seven or eight of us with the reserve coach and out comes John Walters half an hour late like he's the captain of the club at the time like so they've obviously he was telling us then that they had a big arg argument within the the manager's office and Roy took the jacket off or something and you know they were going to go to blows and they weren't going to blows and he was halfway out the door to go train and words were said and he was back in unbelievable stuff like but they're the experiences um look I don't I Roy he's a young manager I actually think he probably adapted later in the years when he went in as assistant and stuff like that but you know uh, brilliant experience great times the only time I had to knock on Roy's door to go home it was a personal thing and in fairness I'll always hold him high for this he said you know like I was a nervous wreck going in I didn't even want to didn't, you know, you don't want to be going in at that age asking for anything. You're, you're trying to just train hard and work hard. But I had to go home for a few days and he was straight away, yeah, don't train this morning, get yourself to the airport. When you get home, give receptionist a ring if you need anything else. I needed an extra two days. So he ended up giving me five days off like um, that I needed. And, you know, for that for that alone, like you got to hold, you know, the man in high, high regard. He, he, was a, he was a family man first before a footballer. But look, a few stories come out along the way with him and John. I think we'll put it this way: I don't think they liked each other, lads, and that's <laughs> that's just it, really. And that happens. <laughs> and like leaving then a, a turbulent, it was kind of turbulent. I suppose Ipswich at the time, you know, managers coming and going. Like, but you couldn't have picked a more turbulent time to sign for us then as well, like because Cookie had just left. I think with Jerry Carr was stepping in in the meantime before Barrett had even arrived. <laughs> I think I oh, think lads. I'm right. I was like, here I we thought, go again. I swear. <laughs> I don't know if I'm 100 percent sure, but I think you was your first game. The it was a pre-season friendly up in the sports complex. Was that your first one to play? Um, I think the first time in pre-season, like a friendly game, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think the first one was just before Cookie left. We played Boyle Boyle Celtic. Is it? Um, I played well, 45 okay. minutes there. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I played the first 45, and I was driving home I was like oh geez that went well you know as, as I should like um, hopefully you know Cookie and you know is impressed or whatever I might you know get me a contract or something or, or he'd be thinking about it at least 
and fucking as soon as I went home, fuck, he was gone to Accrington, was <laughs> So I didn't know I didn't know whether I was coming or going again. So uh, look, thankfully, yeah, I did play in the sports complex. So I had a couple of little friendly appearances, not many minutes in that preseason until uh, Barra took over. But thankfully, um, the club picked me up on a contract anyway. And got How did the move come about, Dave? Well, I was, I was up with uh, Leo Mickey Feeney up the Castlebar course and the FAI course above. So I was I was obviously recovering from that injury when I left England. So me taking over and got some sort of fitness back. And in the meantime, I don't know if anyone knows this lad. I played a like a friendly trial game for a Bohemians eleven. I think in November of or October November. I can't really remember against the you know the League of Ireland out of contract players. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like a, a trial game or something. Um, and what, what do you call the Bowes manager back then? Aaron Callahan or something. Did that name ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. he wanted me to swap my course in Casabar for one in Dublin. And I don't know where he was going with this. Did he, did he want me to swap courses and live in the car in Dublin or something? But anyway, um, <laughs> that, didn't, <laughs> that didn't come about. And in the meantime, I think... Leo and Mickey were chatting to Cookie to see would they get me down for future sessions or trial or you know and I think uh, I just remember Leo saying one morning that, that Rovers want you down like it's always I was delighted I was buzzing I knew all about the club by then and I knew they were full time and you know it was a real opportunity to get my feet and get me going again and obviously you've been involved in first team squads you know with Ipswich and everything so like stepping into that Rovers squad was which obviously was a league winning team like and it was it was full mm-hmm. to the brim with with big personalities, big characters. And obviously you just fresh out of a, you know, just fresh over from England. How was that for you stepping in there? Yeah, that's where I think the the experience from England kind of helped me out a bit because, you know, I I played with and trained with big characters. So, you know, I had that bit of experience of lads older than me and, you know, the, the man's on and training and, and, and all that stuff. Like, so um, I found it, I wouldn't say easy, but I kind of, I kind of knew what was ahead. You know, I seen, I, I know, I knew how good they were. I knew they were so close to the league title the year before and and the World Cup. So it was definitely a, it was a small squad, but a squad full of full of experienced players and winners. So on the most as I could, and obviously when I got the contract, and the next step was see how much minutes you can get, make your debut, come off the bench a few times, whatever it may be, and, and that's that's just how it was. I yeah, I think the experience from England kind of helped me out there. Your your first goal, David for Rovers was uh, was a thing of beauty. The Shamrock Rovers, Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Honestly, it was um, it was it was perfect. Like, cause it helped me realize the you know the hatred, I suppose, between our fans and 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 Shams. So, um, look, the fact it was on TV helped. The it was an early kickoff on a. Uh, you know, on a sunny day, like so, it was all perfect. My first league start, I think. No, sorry, yeah, it was my first league start at the showground. So, look again. I just wanted to go out and give everything I had. I knew Shamrock Rovers won the league the year before. I knew where we wanted to be, and to get there, we had to beat them. And look, it was just, it was just nice that we beat them three 0 I think Turner got a red card in the. Yeah, he was swinging a few slaps on the day or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. But look. <laughs> Just memories I have from it, like yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I know, yeah. But look, what what a day, a great day, and look, I I, I managed to score a goal, one of, probably my favorite goal of them all. And like that league win, obviously, you know, we've had Keno on, we've had Pierce, he's been on, Danny's been on. You know, what's your recollection of that that season in general? Like, I remember just like we obviously, I wouldn't say a rough start, but. The night up in the park, the first game, obviously Quigg's getting the red card and, you know, equalising the last minute. You know, you kind of see something was going on here. Like, you know, these lads didn't give up at all. And I think we went on, I don't know, can you remember, lads, a, a home game? It might have been the next game against UCD where I think we were one up and then UCD scored late and then we scored very late. Big, big J scored a header. I don't know if you remember that one, lads. And that happened again and I was like, Right, there's you know the, this team doesn't stop, and then it just kind of rolled on to the next few games. We got a, a decent win away in Bray, which is obviously you know a hard place to go at the best of times, and it just kind of rolled on from that lads game game to game, and then obviously the Shamrock Rovers one I think was a big a big statement because as I said they were the 
they were the champions at the time and and you know we beat them we beat them well at the showground and after that then the, the tails were up and the lads we truly believed that you know we this could be the year that uh, Rovers was craving that league title well as we ask everyone that's played in it but just how good was Joey to play alongside oh uh, man the man was two steps ahead he was unbelievable like um, look he, I, I look at him back then like I was very young and he was obviously a senior player he was, he was what 35, 36 maybe at the time I should be thrown out his age in case he hears this um, <laughs> but look honestly like he played at his tempo and nobody could get near him people would say he slowed the game down but he was playing at his tempo and yet lads still couldn't get near him so he couldn't have been slowing it down too much you know what I mean he, he was just that far ahead of others and he was just a joy to play with and, and learn off in, in, in the middle of the park when I did get to play with him. Like, there was another player there, that, uh, I and I know a lot of others have a great time for as well, that don't think gets the recognition, it was John Dillon. Mm. I think Dillon was a bit of a wizard that just went totally under the radar for fans, you know, just how good he was. Considering the team was that good, he didn't get much of a chance. Yeah, it, it was strange for him. I don't really know how, you know, what, as again, I was young, so I kind of kept myself to myself. So I don't know did something happened there with John because he obviously he had many appearances the previous years um, for Rovers, but in training he was technically so good. He, you know, he was he'd have a trick in the locker like he wouldn't be he wouldn't burst with pace, but his touch alone would take you out of the game. Do you know what I mean? I I don't really know. Yeah, like you say, he didn't play as much as probably he would have liked to, but again, he, you could see he he could play like. Um, I don't really know how it went down with him and, and Ian at the time. Then I think the the weird one, David, was a lot of people were very surprised when you actually moved on to Pats that time. Mm. Well, that was what what exactly happened there? Because I think everyone just expected you to be part of the furniture at that stage. How much time we got, lads? It wasn't that bad, no. Um it it was just it was a strange time, lads, to be honest. Um I I had no intention of seeing out the season and leaving. To be totally honest with you, obviously seeing myself, I was settled down home here in Balna, so I, I didn't see myself moving at all. Uh, but again, it was a tough season. Managers were coming and going that season. We actually, when the season finished out, and and uh, we obviously we finished in a tough spot or whatever, we stayed up. But we all thought um, Mickey was was taking the job, but then. I actually got a phone call from Mickey after the season. He's like, oh, yeah, whatever. He'd be taking a job, just tying up a few things. A couple of weeks went by, he didn't hear nothing again. And next thing, all of a sudden, Mickey wasn't get, getting the job or he declined it or something, whatever way it went down. Um, so then I was like, oh, no, what's going on now? Um, eventually, I held... Uh, in the meantime, Liam was ringing me, obviously, to come to Pats. And I was holding him off. I was holding off Galway. And look, ultimately, I, I, stood, I stood my ground. I still didn't want to go. But at the same time... I had to give these fellas decisions and I hadn't heard from the next manager who was coming in. So I picked up the phone, I rang uh, Dave Robertson or I left him a message to call me back and look, he did make an offer in fairness to him, but I, I just got the feeling that he was going down a different road and it was like, here's an offer, take it or leave it. You know, we'll be all right if you don't take it sort of way. So that was it for me really. I just said, look, if I'm going to chance this, I might as well chance it with with a manager who's you know barging down my phone calls and messages to make a decision that who really I felt wanted me at the time. And look, it it, it probably wasn't the right move, but again, it's just one of them things in in football that if you don't make the decision, you know you you'll never know. So that's really what happened there. There was no bridges burned or anything like that. It was just you know a change of management and and uh, that was it really. For a young fellow in, in Dublin, did you commute up and down, David? Did you from from Pats or how how did that work? Yeah, so we we had a house for a couple of lads who were outside of Dublin or whatever. But look, at the time, I thought I was Superman and I could manage it, can up and down Monday, Tuesday, and coming down again. But no. It, Ultimately, over time, it it really affected my football, and I was I was wasn't enjoying it, and I wasn't staying up when I was meant to stay up. So I'd train, I'd drive up, and I'd come home. I'd drive up again the next morning, six a.m. I'd be five or ten minutes late for training. You know all these things that that I never do, and you know it just wasn't suiting me at the time. Two we had two young kids at home, so you know family life as well. There, it, it was a stress on them as well as me, and me trying to get my football together which you know ultimately it just it just didn't work out and um I ended up breaking my collarbone again then in August so I think 
I think when that happened then I was that was pretty much me I think I made one appearance at the end of the season when when I eventually came back from that but no after that after that experience then I was I was thinking I think I need to go home to be honest with you Look ultimately it all led back to Rovers again anyway and like it's been topsy-turvy to say the least for you you know in terms of our positioning you know obviously had good seasons and bad seasons and like Dave what's the transition been like from playing with John Russell and obviously would have been friendly with John to now working under John how has that been for you? It's it's not really to be honest with you because obviously when when John came back to the club again in uh for the start of 2019 he came in as a player mostly doing the coaching to be honest with you so um look I knew how good he was as a coach and as a player he was pretty much coaching anyway when we played together in the middle of the park but not really look other lads might think might think so um. But I, I honestly didn't didn't think anything of it. Um, obviously we had the four years was it three or four years as Liam's assistant before he took took the the manager's job and and again again that that was no that was no different. It was I knew what he wanted, knew what he demanded on the training pitch. It was it was the same as as it always was, and it's it's the way I always trained as well. So, uh, no, no, look, it wasn't strange at all. I'm just thankful he he still sees something in me to to call on me whenever he needs me, do you know? And just another one on a, was it a disappointing situation then for obviously your mate Ronan Murray like coming back and obviously signing for the club, nearly going full circle with yourself and himself, signing in for Rovers after being over at Ipswich together. Was that disappointing that it just didn't work out the way it's, probably everyone hoped it was going to work out? Yeah, it was, yeah. Look, he had a, he had a difficult time. Um, there's no, no doubt in it. Um, but look, unfortunately, Rovers fans and lads who played with him at the time didn't see the best of him. He'll tell you that himself. Um, for one reason or another. Now I know he, he had a decent year up at Dundalk, but the man couldn't train on Astro for for that year, and he spent the whole season in Dundalk training and playing on that Astro. So I think ultimately that might have defined his time when he came down to us. But look, I, I've known him since I was a kid and he was a top, top player. He, he didn't go across England and play in them leagues, you know, for nothing. Do you know what I mean? So it was it was disappointing seeing him struggle and trying to help him along as I could. And he suffered a little bit. But uh, look, I think he, he's he's all right now. He's had a great career and, um, you know, he's doing well now at the moment. So look, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the player that I've seen over the years. Look, I suppose on a cherry or not, well, I hope it's a cherry or not. Uh, you know, what's your expectation for the rest of the season? Uh, I just, honestly, I just want us to get a, a game or two of a run, you know. We've been crying out for it all year. Just a bit of consistency and and just remove a bit of frustration at the moment that, that everyone has within the dressing room and, and outside the dressing room and for the fans and all that. Like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to put a finger on it. We, we're playing some decent football. We're scoring some good goals. We're conceding some silly goals. So, you know, ultimately, it's been going on for pretty much the whole season, and you know, we're we're pulling our hair out trying to fix it. And you know, that that's that's it really. I just want to starting on Friday to go up and get some get three points above in 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 Dundalk, and you know, put the frustration behind us, and we can put a bit of a run together. And then, are you going to drop any names for us? Who's playing on Saturday night? I'm afraid to drop any name in case they text me the morning before and say they can't make it or something. Leave it at that. Then. <laughs> Honest to God. No, no, look, McGuinness, McGuinness and Joey's been announced out there, I think, today or yesterday. So, look, I'd, I'd say you could probably throw a few names in yourself and guess. But, um, look, hopefully hopefully all the lads make it across and, you know, it's, it's a decent it's a decent turnout. Should we bring our boots or what? Bring the boots, we might need you. <laughs> Might be leading us out if I fucking can't yeah. get moving here. <laughs> Just hope you're, I hope you're not that badly stuck, Dave. Fear and stuff. You never know. <laughs> uh, uh, but David, genuinely, I think, and I speak for all, nearly all the lads in the Crusaders out. But look, genuinely, from the bottom, I think of all Rovers uh, supporters, Harris, thanks a million for everything that you've done for the club because you've been an unbelievable servant so far, and I'm sure it will continue yet. But you deserve your testimonial, so congratulations on that, Pat. Thanks a million, lads. Cheers. Fair play to you. Yeah, hundred percent, David. Uh, absolute club legend, and uh, you know, like you, you've you've done us all proud down through the years. So we can't thank you enough for everything that you've done for us as well. So fair play to you. Uh, cheers, lads. Fair play to you. Brilliant. Right, lads. Final part of this week's show. We'll look ahead now to Friday's game away to Dundalk. 
Uh, it's going to be a quick one here, lads. So we'll go for predictions. Sean? We'll make it 1 0. Donald? Um, 3 2 rovers. David? I'll take your whole arm off for a 1 0. Never mind your hand, I'll take the arm. What about yourself? I would say 2 1. And with the help of God, every player comes back in the bus without a fucking injury. That's 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 nearly bigger than winning the game, being honest with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, chalk that down. Thank you, Sean. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Donald. Cheers, lads. And thank you, David. Cheers, fellas. Keep the faith, boys. Keep the faith. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilali. North. They're looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more! It's brilliant! 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 Here comes Bigley.